0: it's been forever it has been a long time welcome by the way to the almost good podcast the movie podcast where david james keaton and j david osborne talk about movies uh yeah it has been a long time but i went back and i looked through all of our episodes we're almost a year old now um and in that time i think if we count this one i think we're at 24 episodes if we also count the lost episode. The lost episode. If we count wow. all those, but we're at 24, so I mean that's that's two a month. And I th- I think some of it has to do with I think there might have been like a period of time there where we were just knocking them out one after the other. Uh but it averages
1: out to two a week or to two a month rather. So that's crazy. It's bi-weekly. A year, so many changes. Yeah, that's true. Your like your profile, your Skype profile says, quote, Dave Osborne is active now. Are you active now? Uh, active in, in what? In my community? Are you active? And you, or are you, you're like an athlete now. You're like sporty now.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, I am extremely athletic. I was in the gym I'm... today and I was thinking about this. There were these two guys who came in and they were fucking just jacked. They looked great. And they went to the squat rack and one of them was uh, filming the other one doing squats. And at first I was like, oh, I'm, kinda, <laughs> I'm like embarrassed for these guys, right? And then I thought about it. I was like, I want, I want that. I want somebody to film me while I'm doing squats. That seems like a... And then when they were done, like the guy got up and slammed his weights down and they high-fived. He was like, fuck, bro, goddamn. And the other one was like, woo, get it. You know, and I was like, that's the kind of like homoerotic relationship that I don't have that I really kind
1: of of want. I'd be there for you if we live closer. I used to have one of those... I had one of those guys back in college. He was a big, you know, kind of meathead. I miss him a lot because he fulfilled that that space, that gap in my, yep. in my life. His only thing when we would work out is he would, um, he would say like, only 10 more pounds. That's 10 bags of potato chips, <laughs> which, which is right. You know, a, a pound bag of potato chips is, do they make potato chips in a pound bag? Either way. I don't it sounds, think so, dude. That's seems really kinda heavy. heavy. I, it seemed like a genius thing to do. Cause I would think, you know, that's right. Like a pound of feathers is still just feathers. 10 <laughs> 10 pounds of feathers is just feathers right right did i ever tell you about that dude in uh when we were we had this work our uh little uh little gym in our dorm and this one dude was in there and he was doing like tricep uh curls so he's laying on his back he's got a he's got a barbell and he's holding it with two hands kind of like you'd hold a shake weight Mm -hmm. and and he's doing these tricep uh exercises um and he's instead of going back behind he's laying flat on the bench instead of going past his head Mm -hmm. he's he's lining it up with his forehead every time he does it yeah so (laughs) we're watching and we're thinking that's that looks like a fucking disaster waiting to happen and sure enough he's like "Uh, uh, uh," and then boom smacks himself right in the fucking head with it (laughs) because you're gonna get tired and you're not gonna be able to go you know you're gonna go down further and further and further yeah yeah and he just blasts himself in the head with this fucking barbell he had like a stop sign shape on his forehead
0: from the end of it. And he got up and he was like, ah, he just ran out. I think, I think some people think that because they're called skull crushers, that you're supposed to, to line the weight up with your forehead. And it's like, first of all, like, that's just bad for your elbows. That's just a bad, like to have your, you know, your arms sticking straight up and then go back like that. That's bad for your. You're supposed to kind of like angle your elbows back at like a 45 degree angle behind your head. You can really... You can hit the long head of the tricep. You can hit all three heads of the tricep
1: doing that. See, look no at that. Fact. Skype Skype is right. You're active now. I'm quite active, dude. How did Skype How did Skype know you were so active now? You I know, don't know all about you know all about the muscles.
0: Yeah, I was. Well, I think it knows that I'm active. I started doing this because my coworkers did this, but I put a little sticker in front of my uh in front of my camera. So, you know what I mean? Like one of those little stickers because I was oh, afraid I, that oh, Skype was watching me. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna put a fucking little sticker up there.
1: Well, they know, they know anyway. I didn't work out today. I know you probably did. I did. But I am, I am fully caffeinated, so this one might be cool. a, this might be a chatty podcast. Well, I know I you say my, I'm uh,
0: a light. Well, What's I had, that? I had my um. Ooh, actually, I might go make some more green tea. I had my, I got this drink. It's uh, all these different crushed up mushrooms. So it's lion's mane, reishi, cordyceps uh chaga it's all these like it's got turmeric in it and it's all ground up it's got a little bit of caffeine it's supposed to be like a uh, like a coffee replacement kind of thing where like you can (laughs) not have as much caffeine it it it's very interesting it's very you feel really good i put some like i put like a tablespoon of uh it's called mct oil it's like medium chain triglycerides which are supposed to kind of like activate your 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 body's supposed to start burning fat to give you energy instead of using caffeine, right? Um, it works. It's good. I mean, it's just I feel like I feel like I need a little bit, a little bit more. That sounds, to
1: pick me up. That's a complicated coffee you just described. Were those like hallucinogens? You with mu- when you said mushrooms, or did you mean like something off a of pizza? No, it's coffee? more
0: like something off of a pizza. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. No, it's not. It's not hallucin. Yeah, okay. Wouldn't that be funny if it's like, dude, I just like it's. It, I figured out the secret to everything. You just eat.
1: Like five milligrams of psilocybin Mush- mushrooms every day. Mushroom coffee. Your <laughs> Skype, your Skype profile says you're wasted now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it's a little emoji, like a green emoji with like a wobbly mouth, you know, like a little. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. But um, uh, okay. yeah, man. And I'm also I'm staying away from the fucking uh, Twitter, so I feel a lot better about that. That's, you know, that's good. I just that's I was just getting driven crazy, man. I, and it happens, it happens every time. I just. I can't. I just always think of like, all these writers. Just to me, they seem like uh, I don't. I don't even know. It's almost like you ever seen like a kid, um, you know, like a kid who, who, like a little boy who thinks he's a cowboy, or a little girl who thinks they're a princess, right? And they're they're running around in their costumes, and then they're 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 playing with each other, right? They're playing a game. The boys playing cowboys, and the girls playing princess and it's just like you know eventually kids playing together they're going to start crying like something's going to happen and they're going to start crying so the image of like i don't know six or seven year old kid i don't know if that's too old i don't know much about kids but like let's say five or six year old kids in like a cowboy and a princess costume like crying with like chocolate smeared all over their faces (laughs) that's what twitter reminds me of (laughs) That's that's just that's the image that I get whenever I'm on there.
1: <laughs> well, there was a big, uh, there was more writing scandals all week. Every time I turn on Twitter or Facebook, somebody would be alluding to some sort of small press scandal or mm-hmm. large pre- press scandal. Yeah, and um, I actually had typed up. Uh, I didn't post this on Facebook because I typed it up in the middle, and I just I was trying to compile what everybody was saying about what that was making him mad about small presses and what was uh-huh, making uh-huh. him mad about everything. So um, I, here's, here's what I had typed up that I never posted on Facebook because I figured it would just- Exclusive you know, content. It, it would be that, that shit show that you do not want to take part in. But anyway, yeah. mm-hmm. so what I typed up was the life cycle of a small press. And this is, this is a list of all the, all the qualities of the life cycle of a small press. Huh. Uh, put out some cool books. Yeah. Celebrate multi subcategory Amazon bestseller rating. <laughs> lose lose garbled contract in the mail. Prioritize social media presence slash branding over distribution. Ooh, uh, yeah. Offsite offsite AWP reading. Got to have an offsite Ooh, AWP reading. Yeah, those, those are always fun. Mm-hmm. Be more writer than publisher. Small press should always be more of a writer than a publisher. Also, mm-hmm. always be more of a writer than a reader. Very yeah. important. Oh, very, very important. important. Very important uh land big name mad lib style blurbs (laughs) yeah where it's like
0: oh i can't believe stephen king just said this is a book that it's gonna throw you off a cliff
1: it's like that's only yeah only if you have cliff in the title like that's the key that's the key to the laziest uh, oh true true yeah (laughs) yeah yeah if it's like an underwater thriller it's like this book is gonna drown your ass (laughs) the the humidifier made me sweaty oh go on yeah you gotta self-serving podcast focusing on grudges and nobodies that's us that's us boom (laughs) actually most of this has
0: been me i think
1: i think about about seven of these
0: i I qualify for
1: but go ahead oh i'm only halfway through invite only anthology to eliminate the slush pile make sure to do that one invite only don't don't open the slush pile you want to invite only uh and also make sure to solicit famous has been for your anthology (laughs) to boost to boost To boost your sales back to the authors, <laughs> you want to solicit that famous has-been. Don't forget the famous has-been. Yeah, you got to get the famous um, has-been. Did, did I mention photograph as many books as possible? Don't read them. Photograph as many books as possible. Yeah. Also, this is what I'm very, very guilty of. Prioritize mini library placement over public libraries. <laughs> so... <laughs> Find your neighborhood mini library. It'll look like a mailbox that somebody put together next to their compost pile and you take you put your book in it and that's called library placement these days. That's there your you library. Go. There you go, yeah. For editing and writing classes to writer hopefuls, um, pretend to be drunk in public. Oh, I like, be... I like these last two. So
0: I like the offering it's... classes thing because I know, I know that's a bugbear of yours. I know that uh, some writers who have zero teaching experience, uh, but who somehow feel, you know, that they should like pass yeah, on their wisdom. I know that, I know that gets to you. I know it that's gets a big
1: to me. one. I know. And it's, yeah, it's like they didn't do the same teaching grind that I did for a fucking decade. Mm-hmm. So, and they're just like, here's what you do. Anyway, anyway, I th- I know you sidestep pretend to be drunk in public because you've never pretended to be drunk in your life. No,
0: I've never pretended. <laughs> I don't
1: need to pretend. Although I have not had any beer in almost two weeks. Oh shit yeah well I have, to, I have to correct this so uh oh a lie about seeing someone on a plane reading your book or somebody just in public reading your book that's, Make a, sure big you lie one. About- that's a big uh, one dude that's and you know
0: what the dude. big the big one with that I realize now if I actually ever really did see somebody reading my book in public, you would know it was true because there would be like five posts about it I would probably <laughs> post over it because like right. I was at the gym dude and this guy walked in wearing a green room t-shirt. And I almost stopped the treadmill to go run over <laughs> to him and be like, me, I was in that movie, me. Tackled. So who Tackled. who could imagine what would happen if somebody's, but yeah, no, anytime I see that in, 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 uh, unless you're like an author who actually has, you know, a book on like a major press. And they're not, and... On, and they're not on Facebook and they're not on Twitter. Those yeah, people aren't on there. Exactly. If you said that you saw somebody reading your book in public, you, you're lying unless it's like at a reading you just did and they cracked Lies. up in the book. Right, they crack it open. Lying.
1: They just ha- they happen to line it up perfectly with your picture. Lies, Lies. you are and a liar. Now, now we are reaching the end of the life cycle of the small press. So they, mm-hmm. these get, they're going to get dark here at the end. Uh, get dragged on social media about royalties. That's always <laughs> close to the end of the life cycle of the small press. Yeah, time to get dragged about the lack of royalty checks. Yeah, and and of course the farewell Facebook post is always the end of the life cycle. Oh, I love the small those.
0: Post. I love both of those things. Yeah, I love no well,
1: Luckily, I'm I'm gifted with authors
0: who will uh who will yell at me about late royalties personally before they decide to put me on blast on the on the internet. So that's always nice when people come to you and they're like, "Hey, dipshit, I haven't been paid in 18 years or however long it's been." They're like, "Oh shit, you're right, Bob, oh, my bad, bro." And then I like then I pay them real quick. I'm like, "Oh man, whew, dodge that's- another bullet on that one." But it's like these I've always had I've had nightmares, dude, about um. There was one author who I was who I worked with extremely briefly, and then immediately cut it off because I knew that they were that kind of person. And it's like I just I can't I can't work with a person who I'm always afraid that they're gonna like go <laughs> nuclear on fucking if they're gonna turn into fucking Nick Mamatas on the internet and decide to just like destroy me with like their their followers who are and they're all just like they're all just sitting there waiting for blood. And I'm not saying this about Nick. I
1: like Nick Mamatas, but. All these this people. Is all, this is a test to makes to see if he's listening to us. Yeah, exactly, right. But yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Like, why the people that confront the actual person are just much more um, reputable in my book. Like the the vague post about who did the wrong to who, and I'm right. sitting there with a fucking map on the wall trying to decipher who yeah, did the wrong yeah. to who, and it's like just fucking say it or just say no, it. No,
0: exactly. Them. And it's like ah. if you just come to me and tell me, I'm like, oh, f- thanks, you know, because like I I need well, I did, all the I, did, I need I did, all
1: I didn't mean to send you down the spiral. This was all this. No, was no, 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 no. This
0: is totally fine. And is... It, it is something that I like I was sensitive about anyway. Like, well, here's the
1: the punchline of all this was and then I have the life cycle of a big press and okay. that consists of one thing, which is put out mediocre shit forever. <laughs> so I guess the point would have been if I had the guts to post that would be there's there. what's the option? You know what I'm saying? Like all these things that. Everybody was complaining about a about a small press still starts off with you know put out some cool books. I don't know i've just I've been really burned by the big presses lately, reading not burned personally, but like reading shit yeah. and thinking this is fucking terrible, and this has been gutted, yeah. and all the all the sharp edges have been sanded off
0: right. anyway well, you know and i i guess I guess I just keep wanting to go back to i think something that has always bothered me. We talked about this on the podcast before and also in private. But one of my one of my major character flaws is that I've always hated the person who scolds and judges more than the person who's being scolded or judged, which sometimes those person people could have done like really bad shit, but like my first reaction is always to be like, "Oh, well what makes you know, what makes you
1: so great? Well, yeah, I think that's a natural. I think it's yeah. a natural reaction that you immediately map on. Like, I think of the worst of people. So even though the person being called out is terrible, I feel like it's kind of like the analogy last show about, oh, you're you're anti landmine. You know, right, like, a, right. yeah, we we know what a bad thing is. And so by you bringing it out, you just drawn attention to yourself and now I'm thinking, do you suck too? Let me take a close look at you. Yeah, Who, yeah. Just, who just brought this to my attention? I think you probably do. Yeah. But this is the dangers of coming into uh, a podcast fully caffeinated because yeah. um, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Um, you, you've you made fun of me before about being a lightweight about drinking. Yeah, um, And it's true. It, it also applies to caffeine, though. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, What the did you have? Do you have a cup of coffee or what? I found this. It's like, uh, it, I don't know, it has a donut on it. Um, it's, right. this, this, it's this, uh, the the coffee has like a donut. It's, so, it's supposed to be like donut shop coffee. But all I do is I I fill up the cup and this is, <laughs> I've just started drinking coffee. So every day uh, my wife has to endure me talking about things I'm I think I invented about coffee. So last time I think I thought I invented sugar cubes. Oh, I told I you about that. that yeah, right? I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So the other day I thought I invented a coffee stir because I'm stirring it with my spoon that I'm using my cereal. I'm like, man, I don't need the whole spoon. I kind of want to <laughs> stir it with the I want to stir it with the other end of the spoon. Just but with the handle. Know, yeah. Yeah. Just with the handle. Is there a way to and then it's of course, you know, of course, people have already thought of these things. Yeah. But yeah. I'm like that, cart. you know, the cartoon where someone takes a shot of whiskey or whatever and the top of their head flies off yeah. like a train, like a train whistle. Right. Then they then they announced to the party like, "I oh, bet you can't get past me and out the door." And, and, <laughs> I can what? Kill every, I can kill the everyone in this room. T- like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh, you've never seen that. You've never seen that cartoon. You've never, you never seen that cartoon. <laughs> mm-mm, that mm-mm. is the best cartoon. Uh, no, I don't
0: know what you're talking about. Hey, do you want to talk about Suspiria?
1: I do, I do, because Skype says we're active now, so we cool. have to talk about. Let's talk All right, about. Well. I, I liked it. it. How, how I thought it was you, a bold
0: move, man. I thought it was a bold move making it fucking seven hours long. I did not expect <laughs> that.
1: You know, um, I've been seeing, I, I made a mistake of looking at some of the hot takes on Suspiria. Hmm. Uh, so I want to ask you this question. Sure. Somebody, somebody seemed to sum it up by saying this movie is about how women in groups will prove toxic and destructive towards each other. Okay. Um, I never that never crossed my mind while watching it, maybe because I just assume, well, they're a bunch of evil, you know, witches and they're going to murder. But are we supposed to assume that at any time there's a group of women on the screen, even if they're portraying traditionally evil characters, we're supposed to be think it's representative of women? That seems weird. Uh-huh, you, right.
0: Well, if, that that right. reminds me of I cannot I think it might have been like ta Coates or something. Who said this? Gosh, I can't remember. No, it was somebody funnier than him. Anyhow, a black author was talking about how, you know, when it's like you, if you pitch, um, you know, a story about, um, I don't know, like if you're doing like a sci-fi thing, you know what I mean? It's uh, like they'll you, you'll go to a publisher and they'll say something to the effect of, "Oh, so you're doing like a, a black take on sci-fi?" You know, mm-hmm, and. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, I just, I just want to do, do sci-fi. And so it seems to me that that's kind of what's going on here, where because Suspiria is a movie that is cast mostly with women, I mean, even one of the guy characters is technically played by a right. woman. Uh,
1: and that in, seems to be the – that's the stunt, right? Like, Sure, yeah. I kept – I racked my brain about why do that, but I guess – just to make it all women, and that's mm-hmm. interesting. That's a, that's more interesting than within the universe of the movie. Why do that? Yeah, it's interesting. No,
0: it's it's an interesting stunt, I think. But I also, I don't really, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a dunce. I wasn't catching a whole bunch of, uh, like you know, critiques of of wo- womanness, women, womanhood. I don't think it. With I think it was a
1: stretch. I agree. I, I think that. <laughs> What's weird is, you know, we have, we're in a time when there's the, you know, the female reboot of the traditionally male movies, right? So yeah. this this one, of course, is not that because if you've seen the original Suspiria, it was also it wasn't like they're hey let's do all the, all those men in Suspiria we're gonna make them women, yeah. Like it was it was already women again. So maybe people just have this automatic reaction and think here's a movie that's all women, um, it must be part of this this, you know, movement. Yep. And so they, so they start to map on the same arguments and they're, they have nothing to do with it. Right. Um, but I do love the, the lack of men. in it. the only actual men, not just not counting the Tilda Swinton um, bad grandpa role is the, the cop that comes by and they pull his pants down. He's got this little tiny Dick and they just kind of make fun of his little tiny Dick. And then that's, that's it. That's like yep. the only men in that movie. Right. Right. That's, that's that's that's, really true. I like that. That's funny. That was funny.
0: Yeah. And what was interesting, especially considering that the guy who directed this, his, his movie before this was um, call me by your name. That really kind of, That um, that was him. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. He did that one. And then this one. And it was interesting to me that they're kind of, while there were definitely lesbian overtones to a lot of what was going on here, it wasn't an explicitly gay movie. And it kind of didn't even feel like it. I mean, again, maybe these are all kind of just completely going over my head, but it, it didn't feel like a movie with a lot of sexuality, it did it?
1: Right. No, it didn't. It felt um it uh and the, the that's what's weird is the um the original has a weird sexuality to it, but it's all the violence is sexual. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a lot of penetrative violence um especially the big the big moment you know like early on where the woman is stabbed in the heart but first she's kind of opened up and then they i guess they do parallel that scene at the end with the big orgy Mm -hmm. because she's you know she opens up that sort of chest vagina Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that that is kind of (laughs) sexualized but not the same way that the violence is sexualized in that one with this one the most violent stuff was and it sounds dumb out loud, but it was pretty effective, where they dance people to death. <laughs> oh, the
0: dancing to death. So basically, to, to to start off, Suspiria is a remake of a movie that originally came out in 1976,
1: 77? I don't know. Uh, sounds about right. I'm just pulling Def- that out of my ass. I'm I, guessing. You know, wait, wait, wait. I think it's probably more of an 80s movie. Let me look. It feels like, I'm guessing 81. I'm going to check. Sus- Suspiria... Release date, I'm guessing 81 and it is 1980. No, 1980. that's inferno. No, nope, wait, that's inferno. I'm stupid. God damn it. This movie must be doing well because it has eliminated the original others from oh, you're right, 1977. What did you say?
0: I, I, I guess I said 1977, and then I oh, said shit. 77, 76, but like, I guess right. Okay, cool. Right. Um, You're right. Yeah. So anyway, so it's a remake of this movie, and essentially it takes place in Cold War-era Berlin. Probably, um, Ar-
1: You should probably note it's Argento's, like, most, maybe his most accessible. It's real vivid colors, and it's got the big, gory set piece. A lot of people start with Suspiria when they're watching dario gentle but anyway go ahead
0: and it's kind of also one of the i guess movies you'd look at if you were to be getting into jello movies that's how you pronounce it right jello
1: i yeah i think so i pronounce it wrong in public a lot and i am embarrassed so i'm not even gonna try and
0: that and that is a an italian but it's pronounced, style of yeah, it's filmmaking
1: yellow 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 i, oh. I think it means, doesn't it mean yellow
0: i think yeah i think you're right yeah i think it does mean yellow yeah um but, yeah, so it's, it's Italian, and uh, there's basically – how would you say There's a lot of vivid colors and a lot of really kind of grotesque violence. Um, I don't really know how else to describe it. It's one of those kind of know-it-when-you-see-it sort of things.
1: Yeah, isn't it – there's violence against uh, women in it, right? Isn't it like – Oh, is that the big thing? Well, I don't know. It's It's definitely – I'm thinking of the Americanized version of it. Didn't Argento make a movie called Gallo that was, that probably unfairly sums up the tropes of it, but it's, I, I, maybe I shouldn't say it's violence against women, but it's definitely eroticized violence. I would say. Eroticized violence. Sla- it's a, it's like the Italian slashers. Mm-hmm. This is when we need like mm-hmm. Stephen Graham. Stephen Graham Jones would tell us exactly. That's what, true. Yeah, he it's
0: would. Like
1: a, and be like kind of like har- it's kind of like Noari though, but with slashers here's what, and with, here's with, a with bright says. colors. Here's We're a bumbling all over this go ahead
0: <laughs> it refers to a particular italian thriller horror genre that has mystery or detective elements and often contains slasher crime fiction psychological thriller psychological Detect- horror exploitation sex exploitation and less frequently supernatural horror elements
1: Uh, so it's more, it is more noir than, than slasher, I guess. At least that's where it started. So that's my problem is I'm only, I'm looking at it through the lens of what it's become or what uh we falsely think of it as more of a supernatural slasher influence with Argento. But apparently there's a long line of just more hard-boiled detective stories with slasher elements that it...
0: they basically then they all they are all, are all kind of uh eroticized though you are right about that it's kind of like basic instinct
1: would be or for the ways. femme femme fatales and noir like if if it means yellow and if that means like pulp fiction isn't that what right. it's like yeah, i think the yellow it is right the yellowing of pages, then maybe we're overthinking it. Maybe it's just, it can, it's a huge, it's a wide net of Pulp Fiction elements. Right. Maybe.
0: Right. Uh, they say that the first true yellow film is Mario Bava's, the girl who knew too much, never heard of it. Um, Yeah there's just there's a bunch of Italian words here in front of me a
1: bunch of movies that I've never seen I love the the listeners can they can watch us learn in real time about what <laughs> about what things are Yeah if, if, that, if, that's rare because normally we just give our opinions of them without knowing anything about them
0: Yes yes um anyhow <laughs> so this is a remake of that it takes place in the Cold War era Cold War era Berlin there is a girl who is part of a Mennonite family in Ohio who had a mother who was really mean and burned her with irons and things of, of that nature. Her mother dies, and she decides to go to Berlin to be part of a dance troupe that she has admired forever. Apparently, she's been watching like films of of these dance people at the library on maybe whatever it is that you would use in the 70s to, uh, to watch this. So basically, she gets to this dance troupe. Turns out the dance troupe is made up entirely of witches who are preparing... A kind of ritual to place a a young spirit inside of this old body. Their leader is extremely old and gross. Looks kind of like, remember Pizza the Hut from Spaceballs? <laughs> kind of looks like Pizza yeah. the Hut from Spaceballs. Uh, and yeah, so that's kind of like the like, setup of the whole
1: thing. She has like little little baby hands coming out of her body too. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. it was pretty. Cool. It was cool. There's yeah. There, there seems to be there's. And there's some sort of bookends to this movie that were totally worthless that I could not pay attention to. Mm -hmm. But something about how maybe the dueling factions looking to take over the dance studio are representative of the world at war or something, some kind of world war. Yeah, but what but what were the
0: different sides? You know what I mean? Like what what were the like what would they even have represented?
1: We don't know enough to know what that even means. I think that there's yeah, i I'm I it's not one of those things where I think that they were just throwing up, here are elements of history and here's our uh, scary movie. Figure it out. I think this director probably has a good idea of what these factions represent, but I'm not really in the mood for figuring out what it is. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. half the women voted for one of the mothers, half the women voted for one of the other mothers, and – mother Suspiria or whatever. There was some reversal where someone was lying and saying they were one of these three, uh, um, queen mothers or whatever. And that's, I think was, is enough to get me through the movie. As far as the, 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 like the subtext of world war II and the concentration camp talk and the guy played by Tilda Swinton, I should have cut all that shit because I oh, could not. Oh, that guy, that guy in
0: general was... really should have been cut. I mean, that was the um, biggest problem with
1: that. It was so bad, dude. And I, they give us this movie that looks amazing. It's so perverse because they've taken all of those bright colors are gone. Yeah. This movie is, is the color of like a sad skin. skin a sad oatmeal breakfast. Yeah, it's yeah. like Well it's, white white
0: people's skin at least. Sorry, that was insensitive. <laughs> it's like the color of, you know, regular skin.
1: You know, but no, like the ahead. the crayon that says flesh. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so yeah, it, it has it it does that, but it's still, even with all those dull tones, it's mesmerizing whenever it's on the women. And every time it goes to the quote man, the Tilda Swinton playing bad grandpa with the bad old man makeup. It's so dull. You're like, why are we in this stodgy tax office? Right. <laughs> you know, when we want to be back in the studio and watch them dance somebody to death. Right. And, but they indulged in that shit so much that you had to start thinking, this is important. It's going to be so important. The only thing and that's that-
0: cool about the old man stuff is when he's looking through Chloe Grace Moretz's diary and you're seeing all these like drawings and like the, right. the, the, it's this girl who at the very beginning of the movie, she was supposed to be the sacrifice and she ends up running away. She goes to her therapist's office, who is Tilda Swinton in bad grandpa makeup, and she's dancing around and singing and looking kind of crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. But she
0: leaves behind this diary and he's looking through it. And that's, that's, I just wanted, again, this is why nobody should ever let me make a movie because I just wanted to like <laughs> look inside of that journal. You know, there's like, all sure. these weird geometric shapes and there's like images of, of bodies like being cut in half by some kind of waveform. It's like it's like kind of explaining how they dance people to death, right? There's kind of like a diagram right. of how it's happening while it's happening. Um but like that's the only interesting part. Then there's, you know, this thing where this guy he left his his wife behind at a concentration camp or something. It's like who gives and they, a shit?
1: Yeah, and they trick they tricked him and I I don't know for sure, but it seems like all of that backstory was just an excuse to have him walk by the front of that dance studio and get yoinked in there so that they could have an orgy and so that you could have, and it's pretty cynical, but I think it was only so you could have three versions of Tilda Swinton in the same scene. Right. So it's it's basically uh fucking Eddie Murphy time. It's meet yeah. the meet the Crumps or whatever. Yeah. It's like look at how many look at how many roles Eddie Murphy can play in the same scene. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So they go all these, you know, orchestrations just to get that fucking dude into that room is it's just so pointless and he didn't serve any purpose they throw him onto the stage they strip him down and at that point because it was so obvious it was a woman i don't know about you yeah. but i kept thinking the clothes are going to come off and it's going to be a crying game situation or a crying game reversal like oh shit that is a woman of course i was right but instead they've they've glued a little you know rubber dick onto on the tilda swinton so you, you're like why did they bother to do any of this right why is and then so I had this no, they, idea. they get him I, dressed, and they just lead him out the door, and it serves no purpose serves
0: zero purpose, but there is this scene at the end where um the 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 demon who's come back to earth or maybe has always been here
1: well i remember, I thought that was actually Mother Suspiria. yeah, or, yeah. I right. thought that was what she actually looked like right, and that was her or maybe like a, a, an extension of her. Which was pretty yep. pretty cool. Yeah. Hold on, give me two
0: seconds. I gotta piss real bad. I'll be right back. Oh okay. Okay.
1: okay.
0: okay. So so basically, um, this is kind of jumping ahead, but this is something that I really wanted to kind of get out real fast. So at the very end of the movie, in the epilogue. Now uh, we can go back and talk about the rest of the movie, but so there's this old man character who we have mentioned, who is you know. Uh, who has a story <laughs> about, like,
1: his... Uh... I'm I'm Johnny Knoxville, and this is Murder Dance Party. This <laughs> is Murder Dance
0: Party. <laughs>
1: so it looks at the, so at bad. The very it end, looks so bad. At the very end,
0: our, our heroine <laughs> comes in and decides that she is going to erase uh, this guy's memory of everything that he's seen. But before she's going to do that, she's going to tell him that his wife was okay when she died in the concentration camp because she made... A friend who was also a woman this is where i kind of see like they're trying to make a point here about you know women don't need men they can find plenty of solidarity in each other men are just going to fail you but all we have is is love right so that's all nice and well and good but during the scene uh this woman is telling him this story and he's he's weeping right but since it's Johnny Knoxville makeup <laughs> it's just it's this it's this lifeless mask and like behind right. the mask there's this keening like ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah. so this this actually i will say like very powerful scene is ruined so i had this idea uh, somebody should should do this should reshoot it where it, the the camera cuts to olivia our hero and she's saying you know your wife when she died it was, she was, and then you cut back, and it's just like a sock puppet, like, and the sock puppet is like, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that'd be way better. Because it'd it be way better. It's, it's basically what we got anyway.
0: It was basically that.
1: So th- so that sock that's why f- you can get more emotion out of the sock puppet than you can. You can with One of those masks.
0: Yeah, it was just it's just this lifeless. It doesn't fit right. I don't understand why they didn't just you know, take her face and add makeup. It looks like she's wearing like a Michael
1: Myers mask through the whole thing. Yeah, they shouldn't have done it at all. It yeah. was just dumb. It was just a way to indulge, you know. It was, I don't know. I'm I'm more and more convinced it was just a way to get three three Tildes in that room because she was also Pizza the Hut, right? That was yeah. her too. Which would have been cool. If she, if she had just played
0: those two, I think that would have been pretty tight. If she was like, the monster and the and the matron that would be cool
1: so what happened to her at the end she gets decapitated almost decapitated but she's still alive they come back and it's almost like a punchline where they they look at all the carnage, and her head's dangling by just a thread. But somebody puts it back, and she's like, "Ah!" Yeah, I
0: don't, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't get that. I mean, it's it's a it's a fun gag. I don't know if it really means fun, anything, though.
1: It's one of those moments where I can't help but think, "What happened the next day?" Yeah, <laughs> was the was the next day? Her she just like highlandered it up, with like put staples and duct tape around it. She's back at breakfast. Yeah, yeah. you know. And like, also, you,
0: how did that magic work? How did the Pizza Hut? The, how was she able to just like wave her hand and? halfway decapitate somebody you know what i mean like
1: it was like a super it was one of those super dance moves
0: i see i see but she wasn't strong enough to go all the way through her head is that what we're supposed to get from that because she was weak or something
1: yeah i think she probably was trying to take her head off but maybe that was the that was her hanging hanging on by a thread i like that their powers are interesting because they they don't make a whole lot of sense when you think about it it's more for for the look of it like the we keep saying dance people to death. So the characters will do a, a very complicated ballet dance or whatever, and then in another room, somebody is being thrown around by those movements. Mm-hmm. And as it escalates, the person that's being thrown around, like, it starts to you know turn their arms around and starts to move them. It starts to contort them in painful ways, and it and it's it looked pretty great.
0: Oh, that um, first scene was brutal. It was yeah, really
1: good. Yeah, and it seemed like they were doing that as a way to not, you know, to keep their hands clean, kind of. Like, here's how we deal with. But then, it, but then they came in with these big meat hooks, right? And then they hooked the person that was all contorted to almost death and dragged her out in a very gory way it's like what did you accomplish there why didn't you just tie a rope around her and drag her out if you're going to do that to avoid a massacre why come in with meat hooks i think it's all just because it looks terrifying
0: right right. those
1: they started to hook her arms and legs and then dragged her off it was it was pretty effective Mm -hmm. Uh, but it but it's it doesn't make much sense except as a way to Torture a body. It's also
0: know? some of the only real violence that's in the movie until the very end. There's, it, yeah. there's that scene. There's the, there's a broken leg that's pretty gnarly. Um, but other than that, besides the bloodbath at the end when the guy from Slipknot is going around, you know, blowing people's heads up. <laughs> it's just like people. To... People's oh, heads so are blowing two, up, and there's just a clown hitting a trash can in the background.
1: Clown hitting the fucking keg and two drummers. Yeah, dude. Um, uh, but you know what? We forgot there is another man in this movie. Who's there that? is a, and it, his presence is felt pretty effectively, especially in the orgy. Tom York, we got the Radiohead guy doing the music.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. And, yeah.
1: and I thought that I, you know, I've lost interest in Radiohead over the years, and Tom York. Um, but that was really effective. I, it actually made me very sad. Like, they uh, they have the big Slipknot massacre, and then she goes around to the people that have been kind of ruined by the the previous witch. Like, you have uh, uh, Chloe, what's her name from uh, from Kickass? Yeah, she's been really messed up. You have the somebody who's been danced into into a, a pile of pe- of arms and legs, and you have uh the girl who was gutted to start the ritual but she's still alive Mm -hmm. and she and when she goes up to him and she's like what what can i do or what what do you ask of me the the final mother that Mm -hmm. conjured up the death spirit and they all kind of ponder it for like a second and they're like i want to die i -hmm. I want and it goes to all three of them are like i want to die that was that's really sad like i thought that was and it has the tom york uh, music going over it Mm -hmm. and when they go one, two, three, and that's a not gory moment. It's not a very flashy moment, Mm-mm. but depressing. Like, aren't you gonna? Can't you just be like, uh, heal me? I'd yeah. like to be healed, please. Yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to go start a new life somewhere. But it's it, at that point, if you've been, it gives you an idea of how what they must have went through through those others.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That I'm checking out of this existence. Thank yeah. you. I I've had enough of it. Um, yeah. it was a, it was a really effective moment right in the middle of a of a, like a like you said a big kind of music video bloodbath.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, no that that part was really cool. I liked the camera effect that they used there, that kind of early 90s music video uh yeah. kind of like god smack effect, right? Um but the, so yeah, I don't have much to yes and there but what I do kind of want to also talk about is the fact that a lot of these types of movies tend to be um You know, there's sort of Rosemary's Baby type paranoia stuff, like where you start to learn that, um, you know, what's around you, like, is is more powerful than you thought and that you're kind of doomed. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, there's – but what's interesting about this movie, besides that one character who kind of, uh, you know, does a little investigating, that's another great scene when that that character goes into that basement and there's all that – just all that – those weird trinkets and those glass cases – that yeah, was really yeah. Cool. Um but like our main character like all this weird shit is happening to her. Cuz like the best part of these movies there's like three dream sequences that are really fast and one thing that I've always hated about dream sequences is when they like repeat images, you know? Mm-hmm. But like each of these three dream sequences has complete each one has unique gross imagery that you could probably slow down and really get a lot out of. Um yeah. anyhow, all that is to say she kind of just, she kind of rocks with it. You know, she kind of just goes like right along no matter how weird it gets. She's like, all right, well, I guess we're, this, I guess we're good.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know? this is a, it's, at least it's, I don't know. What would you do if you had, if everything in your subconscious was telling you, you were in a dangerous place, but you've got a new sweet gig mm-hmm. that you've been trying to get. Yeah. What, what would, and you find out that you're getting better and better at what you do mm-hmm. you know do you, oh, t- I would do you
0: stay i would stay for sure and <laughs> no but I'm. i'm actually this is not this actually isn't a criticism i like that element of this movie because i kind of don't like watching movies where people find themselves in impossible situations and it just gets worse and worse and they fall deeper and deeper into like These pit, like kind of like Rosemary's Baby, you know, right? Where there's just like nobody's listening to them, and I can't stand that in movies. So I kind of liked that this main character, and you kind of see why at the end because she's she's not her. She's either a vessel or has always been the. She she was
1: infiltrating, right? I, I thought I like to think of it as. I don't like to think of it as she was this other thing just undercover to kill them all. I like to think, like you said, a vessel that she started off as a normal person because otherwise we don't get any satisfaction Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of her like achieving anything. I like Mm -hmm. the fact that she it sounds like you give yourself over to these strong it's like being John Malkovich you eventually Malkovich takes over right. or whatever so but in, in the meantime you can you you know life is short but what you do with it what she did with it was interesting and i like that she's Yeah
0: so i think i think she was being pulled both ways for most of the movie right there was this kind of spirit that was trying to get through to her this thing that she eventually became and mm-hmm. then there was Tilda Swinton's character and i think the moment of truth was during that big last Dance where they're all tied up in uh, like red yarn. Yeah, or yeah. And I think you know when it happens because there's that secondary character who breaks her leg, which is another really cool effect in this movie when those holes start opening up in the floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah that it's... was really cool. Um,
1: but anyway, and I she... like and Go they ahead. fixed her. I was going to ask you, so they they come in. With this kind of uh, like tisk tisk faces, like you know you shouldn't have been fucking around down here. Right. And they fix they fix her leg, like get a- get back up there and start dancing. Mm-hmm. And it, it I liked that it showed the limitations of what they could do. Like they did fix her leg, but it didn't last.
0: Well, I think I th- I don't think that it was that it didn't last. I think that when our hero uh, is doing that dance, I think something occulty and weird is going on where she's like. Being forced to choose which direction she's gonna go, Uh, and I think when she chooses to go with like the Mother Suspiria Queen Mother type person, I think that the power of that breaks the spell that the witches had put on the oh okay okay on on the healed leg, so the leg re-breaks because they all look confused too. They're like, "What the fuck? Like, what's going on?" And so I think that like I think that what she's doing there is she's interrupting their whole ritual right which is maybe Mm -hmm. why tilda swinton's head didn't come all the way off it's maybe it's why didn't everything didn't work the way it was supposed to right uh i think basically that's that's when she makes the choice and begins the infiltration
1: yeah, and it's and I like that that I like that interpretation. I'm I, I I'm totally convinced that that's what happened. I didn't I must not have, I missed some of that. I was just so excited to see an ending to Suspiria because mm-hmm. I got in, I got in trouble for posting this a couple months ago where I said uh, I love Suspiria but it has no ending. Right when shit starts to get hectic in the original Suspiria, she runs out the door and the camera pans back to the building on fire and the credits roll, and. The, and there's a little bit of stuff with the ghost of the mother and, mm-hmm. and they're, they're all like sleeping in behind that sh- those sheets in the gym or whatever the fuck's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm not giving it as much credit, but it definitely felt like they ran out of – he ran out of money and he ran out of time. Mm-hmm. And they just had to wrap it up. So this one says, you wanted an ending? Here's your fucking ending. Yeah, yeah. And we get arguably two endings. And uh, I was very satisfied with it. I've heard um, – i it's you know i'm i'm bummed i didn't see it because we know we already did our best of the year uh it probably would have squeaked onto the list but it it certainly wouldn't have um knocked out hereditary which i think does more with a lot of the same right right a lot of the same like you are at the mercy of forces that are beyond you Mm -hmm. um, and you know vessels and all that and all the witchcraft and satanism and demons and shit i think hereditary is just untouchable when it comes to last year but yeah i feel like um if it would have been available i would have watched it uh this has been a kind of a batting cleanup kind of week where i've been trying to watch all the oscar nominees
0: oh, okay how's that going
1: um, um you want to is that the that's all we're going to talk about I, I, want, I, I
0: wanted I, to I, say one more thing one more sure. thing before we went before we close the book on that and then of course you know whatever you want to say but i okay. do want to say that I, I really liked it a lot, too. I know I gave it shit for being too long, which it is. Um, but this is kind of a theme that you and I have touched on a lot on the show, which is that you know we'd both much rather see a movie that sometimes takes these ridiculous risks, like putting Tilda Swinton in bad grandpa makeup or having like a heavy metal slipknot bloodbath head explosion thing at the end of their movie. Yeah. Like I would much rather see movies. The best way to describe Suspiria, it's a complete mess. Like the thing is a fucking mess. It has like, yeah. v- it's going off in eight directions all at once. It's got it's a like, mess
1: that's conducive to watching at home though. In a theater, I probably would have been like, "Come on, get me going." With, you know, where let's keep it moving. But at home, I'm like, "I'll take every second you shot. I'll yeah. take every piece of footage you've got because I can just stop it at any time and come back and yeah, you know right. have a sandwich."
0: Oh, for sure. And th- and that's exactly what I'm saying is like. It's a complete mess, but I think I'm getting to the point in my life. I prefer like entertaining messes to like yeah. well, like smoothed out all the like you said, all the rough edges sanded off. Everything's like safe and good. It's like show me something that is like just just about like the wheels are about to come off of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's constantly yeah. this close to just completely falling apart. And, and that's uh, why we liked, that's you why it. like. You can feel it.
1: Sorry to go ahead. Sorry to- I was gonna say that's why we like Sorry to bother you because it was a same mess. Thing.
0: Yeah, same thing. Yeah, you just feel like that thing is is constantly on on the edge of coming apart, and and but every scene is kind of its own thing, and uh, it's it's a movie that Sorry to bother you and Suspiria are both movies that if you watch, I think really really stoned, I think it's one of those things where you would go down so many rabbit holes because it's a movie that's constructed, <laughs> I think, on a scene by scene basis with little like really little care as to whether it all hangs together as a movie it's like they focused on each scene right and they came to each scene and were like we're we're gonna make this its own little
1: yeah and it and it it has an eye you know it has a Uh, it has a gaze you know that's right it look it looks like a fucking movie and and one of the things that's happening to these quote movies that i i won't go on that tangent again but they don't look like fucking movies to me this 100%. I, I as soon as it started, and even though I was bored with the bookends to it, I knew I was in good hands. I knew that I was looking at an auteur, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. everybody was going to bring. If you're going to indulge your lead and have her be three different people, everybody's bringing their fucking a game. They're bringing their most effort they can bring to the to the situation. And,
0: you know, it's funny you mentioned that about uh, movies looking like commercials. I remember you saying that. I was on the treadmill today. And mm-hmm. I was I was I looked up at the T V and I thought, Oh, what is this? Some sci-fi movie? And it was a fucking Taco Bell commercial. <laughs> like the production value on the Taco Bell commercial It's becoming indistinguishable, dude. It's like yeah, you oh can't I, tell the part. I thought it was a fucking movie. I was like, What what is it? And it lo- the guy looked kinda like Christian Bale. I th- I don't think he was Christian Bale. I don't think Christian Bale's doing Taco about commercials but <laughs> only
1: uh, only overseas he will do yeah. overseas, right Right. although he did that fucking vice movie looks like tv it looks like an snl skit oh that's right yeah speaking
0: that's
1: of right. speaking of catching up with all the oscar i can't believe that's nominated for best picture that's um bad. but i was uh i i can't get through it and uh, uh i've been working my way through them but i started watching bohemian rhapsody it's a it's a very pleasant made for tv you know biopic of fucking queen it looks and it's got it's cheesy in a way that like you, you know if you watch a documentary about in excess and they'll have all these people that are Not the band. And you don't know who the actors are. It's all these newcomers. That's what you're watching. I can't. And it's also on the nose. Like they record Bohemian Rhapsody. And of course, you've got everybody saying that'll never work. That song's too long. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. and all this and all these on the nose moments where when he changes his name to Freddie Mercury instead of whatever uh, his uh, Pakistani name was. Mm-hmm. It has to be at the dinner, has to be at the dinner table while his father is holding a picture of him as a boy. Uh, and while the band is there and while he's playing Lady Mercury on the piano, He just steps away from the dinner table. It's like five things going on at once because they're like, this has to be a big moment when he changes his name. Because it would just be somebody probably sending a letter to the social security office or something, Mm -hmm. you know, instead Mm -hmm. it has to be this moment that involves everyone in the movie and it's all just so fake. But you know, I like queen music. It's very unfashionable. Even then like queen music was a bunch of fucking Lord of the Rings lyrics and uh, fucking disco, and it was right in the middle of when punk was happening. But I was into it, and so when it goes from song to song, it's kind of fun.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: it's it's in no way a quote movie. <laughs> it's yes, a, right, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a little mini series about Queen that you can pull up on uh, Amazon Prime at any time you want. Be like, huh? Let's watch this uh, little movie about Rush. Let's watch this little movie about the Beatles. Let's watch this one about fucking Rolling Stones. They're not really movies there's a reason that they're not considered that and for some reason because it's such a mediocre year that one slipped through the cracks and now it's being did you celebrated
0: do you hear the story that about uh rami malik the guy who plays freddie mercury he um he was asked about brian singer's the allegations against brian singer yeah. that he basically has these these fucking orgies with boys like boy right. boy orgies um and he's, he's asked about it, and he says, you know, I didn't know about that when I got into the movie. And he was like, I think it was the the spirit of Freddy protecting me, shielding <laughs> me from that knowledge. It's like, you fuck, fucking fuck liar. you. you fuck fucking you. liar. <laughs> you is, knew.
1: You just didn't care. That is and hilarious. You just played you yeah, so the
0: role. You didn't give a shit.
1: That's some funny shit. I didn't know that. There was a... Um, well, anyway, I wanted to talk more about uh, widows because that oh, was a fine. Oh, that one good. It was. I don't know um, if you know much about it, but it's it's like the anti Oceans Eight, which I hated. Mm-hmm. This, it's, you know, we were talking about, uh, you know, this, the the reboots, been the all women reboots. You know, it's people hate it. When we when we talk about the, people hate it when I talk about this, mm-hmm. but you know, they've got all these, you know, all the suckers out there with they got like corporate Hollywood's balls in their mouth under the, mm-hmm. under the guise sure. of empowerment. Right. Sure. Yeah. Every, every time, so, every time somebody's like, uh, did the announcement for the all, new all woman version of space jam trigger you? <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm drinking the male tears. Uh, take my money, Mr. Grossman. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right, right, right. It's yeah. like they found, I guess I picture the fucking cigar chomping executive. He's like, you know, I got an idea. You know, how everyone hates reboots. you know, what if they were morally required? Chomp, 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 you know, it's (laughs) fucking stupid that we've, they've somehow convinced people that the, the, the worst, as far as, you know, art as a cynical corporate product, these reboots are, they've sidestepped it and made it seem like it's required of you Uh because they're, because they're doing this noble thing. Anyway, I won't get into it again, but widows, widows found the perfect reason to replace the men. it, the, the the gimmick is bulletproof. Do you know much about this movie?
0: Yeah, the guys are essentially they're they're killed during a heist, right? And... They're killed
1: in the opening five minutes. It's amazing, and they pick. It's like uh, they and they they pick some distinct type of guys. Um, they pick the whoever who's that fucking dude? He's got the he's got a head bob problem, like uh, like George Clooney. He's the guy who plays the Punisher right now. You know what I'm oh, talking about?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His fucking smush face, potato head guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. if you watch him, his head never stops moving. It's really annoying. But he's one of the guys in the gang. Uh, fucking, uh, who's the guy? He's got the big scandal. Liam Neeson right now. He's He, he can't oh, do anything boy. right right now because oh, he's boy. a big scandal. But he's one of the guys. And uh, the other guys, you've seen him before. And it starts off with, you know, it's, it's like, you know, here's... We now return a bullet already in progress. It's shot from the back of a van. The door has fallen off the back of the van, and they're having like a shootout with the cops. Somebody's already been hit. Like everything's going to shit. and you see all these big names or bigger names than the women that are in the movie. And so you're already uh, so you're following the heist going wrong, right? right. And, um, and then they just proceed to just kill them all. And it, it reminds me of the original idea they had for uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Um, uh, I don't know if you've seen Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in the West. It, the, he did, you know, he did Fistful of Dollars and Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Right. So the the if you've seen the, the opening scene of Once Upon a Time in the West, is Charles Bronson's character is coming into a train station. So there's this long intro of three assassins waiting for him at the train station. And they're all just killing time. One of them's got caught a fly in the barrel of his gun um the fly should be given the oscar because i don't know how they did this with this fucking fly Mm -hmm. but this guy's like playing with a fly in the barrel of his gun the other guy's catching water in the brim of his hat and drinking it every so often you know they're just kind of lingering and there's three very distinct looking guys that are waiting these assassins and then the train shows up charles bronson gets off the train and he immediately kills all three of them and the movie starts At the time, Leone wanted those three people to be the characters from *The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly*. You know, Van Cleef and uh, uh, whoever the the ugly guy—I forget his name—but Clint Eastwood would be one. And so, people that have grown up, you know, on *Fistful of Dollars* would start that movie and they'd say, "Here's Clint Eastwood, here's Van Cleef, here's the other guy." And, you know, they would have that footing of these are the big names and here we go. And then here comes the unknown, Charles Bronson at the time, who kills them all. Mm -hmm. And then then the movie goes on. Um, And that's what I feel like they did that Gillian Flynn did with the script is she says, here's your big names and we're going to wipe them out in the opening minutes. And then what do you have left? And uh, even though they play with some... Shit with Liam Neeson because he's got to get his paycheck and you see a little bit more of him. But that I that idea to replace the men is is much more interesting, right? Now it makes sense to me. It's not just Oceans Eight where they just do these the same movie except they all just put on dresses and and you know and just kind of walk around with jewels and and do their looking like bolster. a
0: bunch of fucking bitches, hey. <laughs> Hey. I didn't say that. I didn't say it, but you know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah, no, I so, get you. So yeah, here, no, it looked really so good. Said- I, I wanted to, I really wanted to to check that one out. So, so no, no spoilies at the moment because I, oh, I, no, I do, I do want, want to see, see that one. So, uh, but yeah, that's good to hear. It's good to hear that it's good because I think that a common misconception about our kind of uh, curmudgeonly, sort of misogyny light is that you know we don't we don't hate women, man. We just hate bad movies. <laughs> That's and it's the, like you
1: know the conversation I was having with Amy where she's constantly trying to make me a better person is I, I keep floating my ongoing thesis that Gillian Flynn is like the secret ambassador of the male gaze right. you know I that that this is a that widows is a very masculine movie like The the women in the warehouse, one of them's working a fucking heavy bag and, you know, they they start to emulate the relationships that they had with their husbands, with each other. Like there's a weak one who kind of gets slapped around by one of the other women. You know, there's so much fascinating shit going on that and like with Sharp Objects and with like with Gone Girl, they and and I can see why this sounds like I'm not. Like, it's a problematic thing that I'm doing because I'm saying I really like Gillian Flynn scripts because she has the male gaze. Like, why mm-hmm. would I say that? Mm-hmm. Why would I say right. that out loud? Like, why am I not embarrassed to say that out loud? But they do feel masculine. You know, they got the Led Zeppelin music. They've got Gone Girl is like, you know, like you just said, ain't bitches crazy. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like what it's appealing to me. And I feel like, um, sadly, that's why. Widows didn't make any fucking money. Widows was a forty, fifty million dollar movie, and it made fifty million dollars. So it's a big zilch. Mm. Nope nobody I know saw it really, except a couple people that said they were like, "Eh, I don't know what was it trying to be." And I think God, was- I
0: fucking hate that, dude. I hate like any time a movie like we have become by far entertainment wise just like we are so much stupider than people used to be in the in the 70s yeah, and the 80s it. people used to go to the movies with no preconceptions about what they were going to see they're like i kind of know what it's about we'll see where it goes now it's like if we don't have our movie that follows our strict three-act structure and our joseph campbell's hero journey like we don't like we get mad about it we're like fuck yeah. this! this is and, not and what we get supposed mad to be
1: we have so many opinions before it even happens. Like, but I'll ask you. Like, you haven't seen it, and I waited for a long time to see it. I missed it during the year it was out. It probably would have squeaked into my list. Is it? Did the advertising not do it any favors? What did you? Because I, I, I think that men assumed it was an Ocean's Eight. Well, but, uh, but I don't know. What do you think? What did you think? No, it was? I didn't think
0: it was an Ocean's Eight. I thought it looked. I thought it looked okay. But yeah, no, I think that the. God, it's kind of embarrassing to say, but yeah, the advertising just wasn't, very, the, it felt very made-for-TV movie. I think, like, the the weird yeah. font that they used for the poster, it all felt very much like, you know... It is, it
1: is an underwhelming advertisement. You know, it's the, one the, of those the, things. The, for, even the you thumbnail. You know how there were
0: those, like, the, the, a bunch of movies in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s, a bunch of actually really good crime movies that I think were completely hindered because they took, you know, like, the 70s and 80s had these amazing movie posters, and then the 90s was just, like... Put fucking, you know, Michael Rapaport's face on it, you know, like, and that's yeah. it. That's the cover. Widows kind of had that. It was a face cover, you know, and yeah, I, yeah, face covers right. don't do anything for me. When I see a bunch of faces, I'm like, I don't, I don't give a shit. I don't know what that means. Like, I don't, right. I don't, and it doesn't, it, well, even that, if it's people that I like, I mean, I don't, if it's actors well, that's that I the, enjoy, I, I still, I still don't like fucking face covers.
1: And, and this goes to my problematic thesis of I, what I was trying to explain here at home was, it seemed like men thought it was an ocean's aid because here's a movie where we've replaced the men with the women. And, and, and then, you know, women didn't want it. Cause they're like, what is this fucking heist movie with Liam Neeson? Who gives a fuck? And we we're kind of arguing back and forth about, is it, does it exist in that limbo of where no one thinks they want to watch it? Right, you know, right. and, and sure, when it starts and it starts in the middle of that heist, I was like, Oh sweet. And Amy goes, she's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> And then by the end, we're both like, we love it. This is a great movie. Yeah. And so I try to pin her down by saying, you know, you you're saying that I'm making all these assumptions about men and women, but you visibly recoiled when this started. When the heist was going on. Yeah. And that's and that's the ads that they had. That's what they used in the ad was the parts of the heist. And so here you've alienated that group. And then did you alienate? um, Not that you're going to miss. You're not going to who cares about people that are, they're like, I don't want to go see anything with women in it, but there is something to be said about people that are a little burned out on the reboot with the gimmick. Right. Um, but this isn't the reboot with the gimmick, this Gillian Flynn found, she cracked the code on how you do it, how you have a new version of, or how you have that diverse voice, bring women into a heist movie. The question is, do women want, and women are the audience, right? Isn't that what did they say in books? Is you can't you can't be successful if you don't court women readers. Mm, is that mm. it's true? You have to court women viewers as well. And did they balk at the at the heist movie? I don't know. I thought it was great. I'd love to see more of it. I I feel like Gillian Flynn might be. Uh, if this didn't this wasn't that popular and that Dark Places didn't really land, you know, gone girl and sharp objects might've been her moment. Um, but I've liked everything she's done and really, really liked some of the stuff she's done. And I feel like it's maybe if you, if you don't make somebody had a statistic that mo 80% of women directors only make one movie. Oof. Um, and she didn't direct it. She wrote it, but maybe the same forces are saying you're doing something that doesn't, doesn't have mass appeal. And, uh, that's, that's worrisome because this is this is the good shit not oceans eight oceans eight was the dog shit
0: speaking of women directors and making more than one movie Karen kusama's new movie i gotta see that man i gotta watch destroyer we should make destroyer the oh, next pop God,
1: yeah destroyer I've, so many people have been telling me to watch it and people, i can't I find try, it though it's not on the
0: fucking it's not on itunes actually, yet man i can't fucking I can't, watch it
1: me neither i can't find it anywhere i couldn't find uh I've been looking for uh the favorite too. I can't. I think it's kind of unfair to have these fucking movies land like December 24th mm-hmm. so that they're so that they're fresh in the Oscar minds to win the but then I can't watch them in time to where there feels like there's any urgency and then if I can't find it before the new year, I'm just like I'll get around to it. Yeah. And then and then I feel like I'm not in the conversation about the best movies. Right. That are right. You know, movies that are arbitrarily pitted against each other like for fucking, no good. Fucking, for Destroyer no didn't,
0: fucking Destroyer didn't come to the AMC in El Paso. If I wanted to drive to the west side of town to look at it at the at the Alamo, I could have gone. But then if I go to the Alamo, dude, I gotta get pizza and fucking nachos. It's like a forty dollar movie if I go to the Alamo <laughs> right.
1: to watch that. But yeah, um, this, would, this would be a good one. There's I, another scene. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna tell you any more about Widows, except there's a scene that taught, that shows the weight of the money. Mm-hmm. that i thought was amazing um like if you are going to steal a ton of money that's a lot of weight and in the movie heat which this kind of resembles like heat kind of a, a wire feel to it too but mm-hmm. remember in heat the money weighed a lot yeah. in those duffel bags mm-hmm. and they have a scene where they kind of train like what we need to think about how much this money weighs we need to how can fast can we move with the how much this money weighs and i like that it's a tangible thing what they're doing you know that kind of fucking blue collar vibe to stealing mm-hmm. i love that shit and it's it's like one time somebody uh somebody told me that uh m- money in mass quantities smells terrible and it was something i'd never considered like you always see those scenes with people rolling around on a bed of money but in real life money smells really bad That's i don't know if so it's bad, because yeah. i don't know if it's because it's covered with you know greasy fingerprints and shit and cocaine or whatever. Right. But, but apparently a big pile of money stinks. Right. And this, um, so the weight of the money thing I thought was the kind of, that's that, that's that good shit. That's that stuff I want right. in these movies. And that's exactly what I didn't get in like oceans eight.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyway, can I, can I take a sharp right turn before we, before we wrap this thing Let's up? do it. Cause Let's I just had a thought while you were talking okay. about, you know, who is this movie for? Um, it made me start thinking about uh, like marketing guys, right? Like dudes who try to make, you know, movies or like the suits, you know, the big thing mm-hmm. when we talk to writers or when you read an interview with writers who have dealt with things in Hollywood, they all hate the suits, right? The people who come down and say, oh, well, what if you put a talking dog in it? That kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was making me think like those suit type people have always existed, and then I started thinking, this is a totally random, but it started making me think, like, maybe, I think George Lucas might have just been ahead of the curve with episode one, right? And I, Do you think that, like, Jar Jar Binks would fly today? Because I, I think he would. Well, n- not, not like the racial stereotype Jar Jar. If they took away the, you know, the Patois the kind of offensive uh, caricature, I think Jar Jar would work as a character today. I think but maybe it's a chicken or the egg thing, like maybe one of the reasons why we have people who are you know so terrible at watching movies is now we're getting like the the generation of people like my generation who you know Phantom Menace came out when I was in sixth grade, and you know we grew up watching these like these these terrible movies, so maybe. I'm thinking that maybe that was just like a real turning point. I don't know why it popped into my head that Star Wars Episode One was a turning point for like movies being needed to be workshopped and marketed to death, but it feels like that was it.
1: Huh. I. Don't know. I your take is so hot, I can't follow it.
0: It's hot. Well, okay, so it's hot. So basically... <laughs> I, can't, so, so, I can't follow it. So the, it's coming out just piping hot. It's like we we need so many gloves to like move this I'm, thing am I'm,
1: I'm reverse inhaling your take yeah. because I can't, I can't okay, chew so it okay. So basically
0: yet. you have a movie like hot. Widows, right? Where
1: yes, it's kind yes. of a
0: movie that, that doesn't seem to really land for anybody because it tries to be for, for two different people. Now I follow at that, least
1: at least the advertising, does. right? The advertising, the, the movie, right? The movie, so basically,
0: not. like what I'm thinking of is like movies have really become this thing where y- there's no real wiggle room to, to to take any kind of risks when it comes to not even marketing a movie though, but uh, like even up. like making a movie, like there's okay, there's just the no room for risk anymore. And so what I'm kind of saying is working backwards from that is like where is the cultural moment? That it moved from, you know, 1977, you had Jaws and Star Wars, and that was where the blockbuster was sort of invented. And from 77, my contention would be from 77 until 1999, when episode one came out. Uh, those 22 <laughs> years, it was building to this. It was building to that. We still had some good blockbusters. But I think when George building Lucas...
1: Building to the the anemic blockbuster?
0: I think that I think that Jar Jar Binks was like the harbinger of the apocalypse, and that's why... That's why people had such an avert, adverse reaction to him. wasn't because he was annoying, but it was because deep down oh, we all realized follow, yeah. we all realized there was no turning back from this moment. Like the, the, movies, that
1: the had the, become, a- the AI had created the, this perfect, exactly. the perfect fake face. That you saw that thing on the internet where this AI is making fake faces that look yeah. totally real. Right. That's what Jar Jar was. He was a mass produced. Right. We personified our desires for this innocuous. Right.
0: right. And now and now we get up to this point, and you and I, who who have always kind of enjoy like for me, I think what made me escape it was that from a very young age, I kind of like discovered I would have to, you know, order DVDs from from China to watch like my extreme Japanese horror flicks, right? Like <laughs> so I've always been that kind of person and I think it sort of inoculated me, but most people my age and a little older, and almost everybody who's younger now has to be completely pandered and marketed to for something to work at all you know what i mean like it It. i don't know it feels like if it's not if there isn't a jar jar element to it if there isn't like some kind of cartoon slipping in poo you know if widows had <laughs> like a cartoon that's tripped in poop all the time pete it would have done better
1: People it, it have done does it. have it does have some groaner lines like when they're like what are you you know, how are we going to get away with this? And one of the women's like, nobody would think we had the balls to do it. I got like you, those, get, I get those get are that. some, those are some
0: groaners. It's, it's funny. Cause they don't, they have uh, vaginas. They, they, but they, see, have, they don't
1: have, ba- but they vaginas. Don't have the balls to do it. Right. They have, they have vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's uh yeah i forgot what i was gonna say but no yeah. i hear what you're saying i feel like this uh i feel like gillian flynn threaded that needle though yeah. i feel like she threaded the needle of well, she's saying a
0: badass she's just a really she, great writer she's too. good at what she does yeah
1: what she did was she looked around and she said this is the moment you're in okay i can navigate this right. and i can still come up with some i'm gonna trick you into thinking that that i'm giving you that that re, that sort of reboot moment, and I'm going to give you something that actually makes sense within the mm-hmm, rules. Mm-hmm. The rules you've established. I feel like she threaded that needle and she still didn't get credit for it. Hmm.
0: Well, oh. we're doing it here on the Almost Good podcast. We're yeah, giving Flynn what, the credit she deserves. Uh, I per, I personally think that she's really good, and uh, and I like. I like movies with women in it. So, so, oh, so
1: bold, yeah. such, such yeah. bravery. I'm going go 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 to
0: like go out on a limb here. Are you going to go out on a
1: limb here? Are you not anti-landmine? I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say, you know what? Is
0: that what, what you're saying? Movies, movies with women are just <laughs> as good as oh, movies with just, boys. You know, also, can I say one more thing? White people, am I right? Oh, can we stop it with the... With can
1: the, we just uh, take a moment to congratulate all the amazing optics on Dave Osborne's top 10 list this was really inspiring. No, Real I don't want to optics. I don't want to go out beautiful here. I don't want to you I don't have. want to offend oh. any white people out there, oh, am I right? This, <laughs> just one Every
0: time I see a person who is white, talk say like, "Oh, white people, I want to put their face like in a trash can." You know what I mean? Like I just, I can't There's I can't say special, it's so fake and so you trash know can. It's yeah. like just, just leave, just leave it alone. Let black people have one thing. Black people had this great thing where they could talk about white people. We couldn't talk about them. That's reparations, dude. That's 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 what we needed, right? And the white people couldn't keep their little sticky fingers off of that. They had to nope, take that nope. and be like, oh, I want to talk about white people too. It's like it's the Steve Buscemi and the fucking kids clothes meme where he's like, hello, fellow kids. It's like hello. that, except more racist. Where white people are like, look, black people, I'm I'm like you. I hate white people. Let them have it. You know, because right. if you don't eventually just keep your little mitts off of something, it's just going to get worse and worse. You know, I'm just trying to solve race relations in this country, dude. That's what just doing this podcast. We do that on this podcast. I try, listen. but man, white people who who, who <laughs> spell <laughs> white people w y p i p o. I don't want to. Yeah. I hate that.
1: Ooh, I I hear what you're saying. I don't want to have an M night twist at the end of this podcast, but. Essentially, what you just said was, in a nutshell, white people. Am I right? were time. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> well, what, what,
0: But if I say that it annoys me when black people do it, they're going to be like, look at this white guy being annoyed. But it. it annoys me yeah. when anybody does it to be. You know what? I'm going to have a, I'm have white, a moment no, here. Because, people. White people. An annoy- well, because you're 100 percent right. It annoys me for different reasons, yeah. man. You know, honestly. When I go on Twitter or Facebook and I, like, see people from all different walks of life essentially over and over again saying white straight males should stop writing and stop talking and just stop, 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 I get that that's cathartic, and I know that they're not talking about me specifically, but I think it does, like, affect the brain in a weird way. I think, because I'll sit down to write something and I'll be like... Oh, well, you just you're who, like I can't. I got canceled. Yeah, exactly. It's like who cares what I think? Who cares what I think? And God then damn it's, it!
1: Like, you're like you're like Michael J. Fox when he starts to fade away at the end of Back to the Future. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm just like I, my hand doesn't work. It got canceled. It's like I just wish I had been born twenty years
0: earlier when white dudes were really on top. You know, and I could just <laughs> I could have just, like, just like skated through this thing on my like medium talent. Dude. I could have I could have been Bret Easton Ellis, dude. I dude, really
1: that's what had. I said. I said that the other day about. Uh, like an airplane when the guy's like man I picked the wrong week to stop sniffing glue right I was like man I picked the wrong year to be a mediocre white man
0: (laughs) exactly well that'll do it for this episode of Almost Good next time what do you think man Destroyer
1: yeah we'll do we'll do Destroyer and we're still working our way through I'd like to clean up on all these Oscars we I did watch the new Halloween I'd like to talk about that next time Um, and uh, I think that might be it that oh and uh i do eventually have to see star is born but i think destroyer should be our main headliner this one is if we call this one suspiria widows next time destroyer we will have done our due diligence
0: dope all right cool man all righty that's a wrap
1: that's a